fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. What the heck day is it today? Holy cow. I think it's kind of blown on by. It's kind of a blur. Most days are, at least. They're kind of a blur with how much we have going on. And holy cow, we're going to try to cram as much as we can into this program as we do every single day. Welcome into it, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio and TV and live streaming and podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. Welcome aboard your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. And it's always an honor to have you along for the ride with us today on the pre-Friday celebration. Let's carpe diem all over this place, baby. And we got a big one for you. Todd McNutt, he is the founder and CEO of a new social media program called Representing Me. Now, this isn't like a normal Getter or a Twitter or a Facebook or a Twitch or an Instagram or a TikTok. It's not like any other social media site. So I know, Andy, like, Andy, you just talked about online, just talked about social media. What the hell, man? This is kind of interesting. And this idea has been floating around for a while, but someone actually did it. And I am interested to see how it works out. But it's a social media site called Representing Me, which you can go to the website at representingme.com. And what it is, is it's elected officials that can put their campaign agenda, their platform, their ideas on this site. And you, the voter, can go there to read it directly from the elected official, kind of like the candidate's website but consolidated into one area to where you can compare and contrast with different candidates, so both at the national and at the local level. So kind of a neat concept. We'll talk about that with Todd coming up at the bottom of the hour uh, in just a little bit. Other news that's going on. There's a lot of big stuff happening right now, and I'm sure that you, just as much as everybody else, a little wary of what the heck's going on in society today. So let's get into what's trending. What do you say? And I have a... What's trending today? I have a new theory. I've been thinking about this, pondering it for a while today, and I realized that we're on the hamster wheel. And I'm frustrated because I don't like being on the hamster wheel, doing the same grind, and uh, punching out the profit for somebody else. I'm not talking about like jobs, but I'm talking about society in general, where we continue to fall for the same fear tactics. We continue to fall for the same paranoia. We continue to fall for the same uh, fear-based politics each and every cycle, and with every crisis that happens all the time. We're all going to die because guess what? There's a new crisis, whether it's a woke industry, whether it's the uh, debt ceiling, whether it's health care, whether it's whatever, the fast and furious, it has to be done right now or else. We're all going to die because of you! <laughs> yeah, so the latest one, obviously, is the banking issue, where according to the latest polls right now, roughly half of the nation, or 48% of U.S. adults right now, say they are concerned about their money and concerned and have anxiety about putting their money into a bank account at a financial institution or a bank. That's concerning. Now, I want to tie that into the debt ceiling, to the interest rate hikes, and everything else financially going on for just a moment, because here's my new theory. For a second, put on the tinfoil hat and roll with me for a second, shall we? Let's go down the vicious cycle that is the uh, the mainstream media and the cycle of news with the ongoing state of paranoia here. 
They come out with a poll that says 48% of Americans are concerned about putting their money into a bank. And I believe that because with all the banks that are closing right now, the concern about near 200 banks across the nation that are at uh, the risk of failing or may potentially be looking for a buyout from another financial institution, the consolidation of the financial system with the banks. And with that news, myself as well would be a little concerned with putting money into a bank, especially, which I am nowhere near this in any way, shape, or form. I think I have uh, in the tens of dollars, not in the tens of thousands of dollars that are in my bank account. But if I were especially having a bank account that had more than $250,000 that is above the FDIC insurance claim from the federal government, saying that if the bank does fail, then you're insured up to $250,000 in your account. And they recommend that, by the way, I believe that's combined bank accounts. If you have multiple bank accounts under one bank, that's all combined, $250,000, which means you should probably take your money elsewhere. A lot of the banks that are failing right now are the really big ones. And they're failing because people are taking their money out. Now, here's one of the other questions is why the banks are failing. A lot of banks, depending on the structure that they have as a bank, and we've mentioned this briefly before, Uh, banks are all set up in different ways and different structures. Some of them are reliant on people opening up bank accounts and putting money in because then the bank can actually borrow that money. They can invest in other things. And then that money is returned to them. Uh, Technically, it's in your account. You can withdraw it with whenever you want to. But they essentially borrow and use that money based on how much money they have people setting money inside of their financial institution to show the value. So that way they can actually use that for investments. Other banks use loans. Mortgages, car loans, credit cards, lines of credit, and they make the money based off the interest rates that are being paid into the bank that way as well, along with the investment that they use for all of those loans and then being able to sell that off in other places. So some banks make their money that way. Others do investments inside the government. First Republic Bank that we're hearing right now had a lot of long-term loans from the government. The government not doing too well on some of their uh, uh, investments, and therefore the banks are not doing well on that front. So let's take, for example, the banks that make money off of invest or off of loans, mortgages, credit cards, lines of credit, that sort of thing. Let's just go down that road for a second, which there are a lot of them. Right now, there are two new banks uh, with this concern about bank failures of banks that are waffling in the air right now, where Western Alliance is exploring strategic options, including potential sell-offs of all or part of their business, according to the Financial Times, as the Arizona-based bank has hired advisors to explore other options as their stocks and shares have fallen 45% in the volatile trading before being halted. Why is it volatile? Because we're being told in the media that the financial institutions are not secure and stable. So therefore, the 48% of Americans are concerned about putting money into a bank. And because of that, they're withdrawing their money. And because of the withdrawing of the money, it's making the shares of banks drop because they don't have as much value in their bank. See the constant hamster wheel that we're on here? Let's take it a step further, shall we? Why are people concerned above being concerned? But how many people are actually getting new mortgages, refinancing their mortgages, getting auto loans, getting credit cards. Credit cards are ridiculous right now. I got a credit card back in October, I want to say. And for those of you that are like, Andy, wait a second, I thought you were doing the Dave Ramsey thing. I am, and I don't use it, but I have it. Uh, Just as one of those emergency, emergency, emergency things. After all my emergency plans are all done, that's the fallback emergency thing. But it was a 0% for 12 months. I'm like, why the heck not? Uh, So I got it. And after the 12 months is over, it's at like a 26% interest rate. 
And my credit score is not bad. It's pretty decent-ish. But that's ridiculous. And it's because of these interest rates that are continuously climbing. We see mortgage rates falling to lows, people taking out new mortgages or trying to refinance their mortgage. Those number of applications are hitting record lows right now that we've seen in the last 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Why? Because interest rates are too high. What did we just do? We just raised interest rates another quarter of a point yesterday from the Federal Reserve. As they say, now we're going to pause it, but it has been the 10th consecutive interest rate hike that we've had over the last couple of years with the ongoing battle with inflation, where inflation's still floating above 6% across the nation, just at a national level, not including at the local or county or city or uh, statewide levels across the country. So now we have banks that are uh, very much dependent on loans, that are not getting any more loan applications because people aren't wanting to, number one, put money in the bank, and number two, not apply for new debt in the nation because they're concerned about their finances, so they're taking their money home and putting it into the mattresses in their home as opposed to putting it in the bank. I'm wondering if all this is tied to the coincidence that it's happening all at the same time where the debt ceiling is about to be hit, and now we're debating on raising the debt ceiling or cutting spending from the federal level. The hamster wheel. Remember, have this in the back of your mind constantly. The hamster wheel that we're on, where no matter what fear-based politics, uh, top of the hour, headline news that we're seeing every day, it's constantly benefiting who? The government. The elites. The establishment. The deep state. Whatever you want to call them. It's benefiting them. Even while we squabble about, do we raise interest rates? Do we raise the debt ceiling? Do we increase spending? Do we cut government spending? What's the direction that we actually go here? But with people now concerned about the banking institution, it's putting banks at risk. In fact, near 200 banks across the nation are at risk. The latest two with this Western Alliance is one. Another one are regional bank stocks are sliding with PacWest on the way down with losing shares of near 50%. PacWest sank 50.6% in the volatile trading today, according to CNBC. That began on Wednesday evening following the news of Los Angeles-based bank was exploring strategic options, including a potential sale of the bank. That's two already today that are looking at for uh, potential buyouts with stocks dropping anywhere between 50 to 60%. Others are on the way as well, scaring the public, taking the money out. That's option number one. Option number two, let's not invest in anything or take mortgages out or take loans out because the interest rates are getting too damn high and I don't want an 8% interest rate on my home. So sorry, not going to happen. There's dock number two that's going to hit the financial institutions all leading up to the time of a debt ceiling debate. Andy, what do those two have to do with each other? Here's what they have to do with each other. What was one of the first major expansions of our budget? I don't know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, I guess it wasn't 30 years ago, during the Bush administration was the bailout of the auto industry. They weren't doing well. People weren't buying cars. They had to bail them out too big to fail. Remember that conversation? Ford and Chevy and GMC and all the other ones had to bail them out. Send them massive amounts of money. Barack Obama's era, the healthcare industry. The healthcare industry is crashing. We need to consolidate. It's time for the government to step in. We can't let people go without insurance. Boom, major bailout. Welcome to Obamacare. During the Trump administration, it was much easier because it was COVID-19. The entire country was shut down. Boom, major bailout for everyone because the government's got to step in and save the day so we don't crash. 
under the Biden administration, they have to find a way, an excuse for more spending. Because right now we're sitting on massive amounts of money that have not been allotted during the COVID-19 pandemic. It's just sitting there. They said it was for COVID, but they don't know what to do with it. So we can't use that for the debts because that wouldn't allow them to spend more money. We're ending some of the social programs just willy-nilly. Oh, I can't work because of COVID any longer. Now I actually have to qualify for the unemployment and qualify for the WIC and qualify for the SNAP and qualify for Social Security because I actually have to show workforce training. I actually have to show that I'm trying to get a job. So that's going to go away, saving the government money. We can't be cutting our spending here. We have to find new ways to spend it. And what's the new way to spend it? The new crises, the new pandemic where we're all going to die unless we do it right now? The bailing out of the banking industry. And the only way they can make sure that the system is so unstable they have to step in and force a raise of the debt ceiling right now is to make people concerned about the banking system and raise interest rates to the point to where they're not feasible to want to take out a mortgage or take out some type of loan with a really high interest rate, therefore making the banking situation unstable to throw the wrench into the system for the government to have that perfect opportunity, like usual, to waltz in, riding on the great white horse like Gandalf with his great staff and say i'm here to save the day don't you worry banking institution we'll just consolidate you we'll centralize you even more than what we already have we will take care of it don't worry consumeristic public you can continue to put your money in the banks because now they're owned by the federal government because we've bailed them all out and we've consolidated their power into ours so now we can track your finances a hell of a lot more than what we were able to before Sound familiar? It's the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Am I crazy? Maybe a little bit. It's okay. Welcome back into the program, 24 minutes past the hour. That's the way to the introduced segment. Are we crazy? Does it make sense? It's all set up to force the expansion of the federal government because right now they have no excuse, no legitimate actual reason why we need to be raising the debt ceiling other than we're spending more than what we're bringing in and that is a cause for concern. So therefore, we have to expand our credit card limit a little bit more to continue to pay normal debt, which we've never done before to this magnitude and it's going to devastate us. So the only way they can take control and force an expansion of the ceiling is for them to bail out the banking institution because that's going to be the argument. And it makes sense why the Biden administration has not even wanted to compromise or even talk to Kevin McCarthy regarding the debt ceiling issues because they're waiting until there's, again, the mass uh, fast and furious. At the end of the day, look at the banking situation. It's not stable any longer. We try to do what we can. We need to bail it out. We need the money to be able to bail it out. It's all because of either Donald Trump or the COVID-19 pandemic. We have to do this or else travesty will happen and the whole banking system will fail. We can't possibly let that happen. Therefore, Republicans, if you don't get on board, you're the problem. That's what they're waiting for. That crisis at the end of the day where we can't wait any longer for something to happen. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, on the other hand, trying to get out in front of this thing. The House Republicans just passed the only bill in Washington that lifts the debt limit, ends wasteful Washington spending, and puts America back on the right economic path. 
The sad part here is now the Democrats need to do their job. The president can no longer ignore by not negotiating. And I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I don't think they will compromise. I don't think that they're negotiating. I don't think they're wanting to sit down. Apparently, according to the latest news, the Biden administration is willing to sit down and talk with McCarthy, but the debt ceiling conversation is a non-negotiable non-starter. We're not going to cut spending in any way, probably because of this issue. But it makes sense. Every administration for the last however many, what? I mean, we have Biden now and Trump and Obama and Bush. The last four presidents, at least, I guess you could even go back to the Clinton administration prior to that as well, with the housing bubble that ended up bursting and the government taking on Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and all the other issues that happened back then. Remember those names? That was another one. So we've really had major bailouts of every industry, or at least a major industry, in every administration for the past five administrations. This one's got to be the banking. The banks themselves. Because that is the number one way to centralize power. Uh, John Tobacco, if you remember him, and we've had him on the show before as well with Wise Guys, uh, he was on Newsmax earlier saying no matter what type of scheme ends up happening, it always, like we just said, benefits the federal government. This is uh, kabuki theater, if you ask me. And if you go back in history, the Democrats and Republicans always love to spar it out. We're not going to raise the debt ceiling. These guys are going to close down the government. How can they put all these people out of work? And the one thing, the one place where our swampy legislators in Washington are always united is this. They always figure out a way how to spend more money. So Biden can posture and say, I'll meet, but I'm not going to talk about debt. And then McCarthy can say, we're not going to do anything unless you get rid of the IRS agents. But I say to everyone in America, when they talk about, you know, shutting down government and everything else, namaste, folks. Stay calm. I'll guarantee you one thing. The uni party in Washington always figures out a way how to spend more of our money. He's absolutely right. And the way they're going to spend more money is by saying we have to save the banking system that right now they're saying is stable and they don't want the market to crash because that does put a nice little black mark on the Biden administration during his reign. But they're going to push it in and say they just weren't able to financially recover after the COVID-19 pandemic. Inflation was too high. That was largely due to the Trump administration's fault. And therefore, we're trying to battle that. But in order to battle that, instead of just cutting spending and stopping the printing of money, which could lower inflation like that. <laughs> We're not going to do that. We're just going to go ahead and crash the banking system, centralize it under the federal government, be able to regulate your transactions and monitor you easier to make sure you're paying your fair share in taxes so they can get more money so they can spend more money. Not to pay off the debt, but to spend more money. Todd McNutt, right around the corner here on The this Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. All right, we can take off the tinfoil hat for a second. (laughs) It's an interesting theory, at least. It may not be completely accurate, but it's an interesting theory. I'm going to run with it. Connecting the dots, baby. Trying to put it all together and figure out what the hell. It makes you feel like you truly are on a hamster wheel. Just doing the grind for somebody else. And while we have our little squabbles back and forth, raise the debt ceiling, not raise the debt ceiling, increase spending, don't increase spending, cut government, don't cut government. At the end of the day, every single time that we've seen this story, we've watched this movie, we know the ending of it. Government always finds a way to expand. Government 
continues to increase spending. Government finds a way to start a new administration or some new uh, bureaucratic agency or something in order to uh, take over another aspect of the private sector. We'll get back into that in a little bit. Actually, there's a new fascinating concept of uh, of the auto industry and potential buying of cars that we'll talk about a little bit later as well. Really fascinating stuff. We'll get into that in just a bit. But I want to shift gears here for just a moment as we look at the latest in what's trending here on the program. What's trending today? Now, yesterday we talked a lot about social media. We talked about websites, the interweb. We talked about ways to not be censored or at least have free reign on, a little bit more free reign on the interweb, which is the way it's supposed to be. The wild, wild west of the internet, right? Being able to find the information that you're looking for and not have it in a biased way. Well, here's a new concept that I find quite fascinating, and I, I really hope this takes off because this may be an outlet and an option for centralized information when it comes to elections and candidates. Oh, yeah. You know what? This isn't like a regular social media site where you just go on and do your banter and your rants. No, no. This is a potential social media site called Representing Me where candidates can put their platforms their agendas, their ideas on there. And you as the consumer, as the potential voter, can go on to look at what those platforms are, compare and contrast between separate candidates, and make up your opinion. I don't know what this candidate stands for. Now you can go to the website and talk about it. He is the founder and creator of the website Representing Me, which you can go to the website at representingme.com. Excited to have on the program Mr. Todd, uh, Todd McNutt. Todd, how are you, my friend? Hey, it's great to be here. Yeah, excited to have you on. Oh, a very interesting concept with this uh, to be able to help centralize some of those uh, uh, agendas, ideas. I mean, I know every candidate has their own individual website, but I mean, to have centralized information like this, what an idea. Where'd you come up with something like this? Well, I used to go over to my parents and I said, and they'd always be watching the, the, the right wing media and. The, uh, I, I, it caught my attention how much time the media people spent bashing the liberal media for the slants they put on everything. Okay, wait a minute. You're doing the same thing. You're just doing it to the right. Mm. And so I started tuning into some of the liberal media and watching how much time they spent bashing the right-wing media for the slants they put on it when they're doing the same thing. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. Somebody needs to just put a clear message out. Yeah. So I started looking at some of their social media uh, sites and contents and posts. And one of the things, I've oh, I've never really gotten into social media. I'm on social media just because I have to be there. They, they tell me I have to be there, so I'm there. Um, but I have never mastered the, the social media where I can go in and see what you posted. When I go in there to look and see what you posted, I always get lost in a fog of, all the, 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 the cluster of everything everybody else has posted about what you said, and it's hard to find what you said. Yeah. So I said, we need a site, and that's where the concept for representing me came together. I started developing a site where they could post on a timeline, but you can't post on their timeline. There's a town hall button you can go into, and you can comment and discuss it, or you can share it to your social media platforms and discuss it there. But their timeline is their timeline. You don't have to go find their website. You don't have to go find them on social media. They're there. They're separated out by their, their state. You click on the state. You go to who you want to see, and you can see everybody in your state. You can even follow them. Uh, you can thumbs up, thumbs down the things that they're saying and posting. They can, they can post a text 
photo or a video, and you can thumbs up, thumbs down it, watch it as many times as you want to. The only catch I did for them is they don't have a delete button. Interesting. So they're the ones actually posting this stuff. This is not you or some third-party objective just posting what they're doing. This is them posting it, and without the banter, you can just watch it and do a thumbs up or thumbs down, and that's about it. Yes. And then, like I said, you can share it with your social media. We've got that link on the bottom of the page. So you can click click that and share it to your social media to debate it. Or we've got the town hall button where you can click on that and go in and discuss it and see what other people are posting on it. But uh, but you can't post on their timeline. You're posting in the town hall on their timeline. Sure. I love it. How many elected officials are starting to use this? Are you seeing some gains here? We are actually, uh, they told me today, we are at 475 senators and congressmen and 13 governors. Hey, look at that. I mean, so we've gotten signed up already. They're, they're all start. We're just getting them signed up this week. Okay. This thing is actually just now launching. So by next week, you'll start seeing posts from all these folks. So. I love it. This is a this is a great idea. Now, when it comes to elections, will candidates be able to do this as well, or just elected officials? Absolutely. No, we're we're going to have a whole section for candidates, and in fact, we've got a thing at the bottom of the page that where you can go to, and it's uh, PACs, the uh, org, uh, politically motivated organizations, and even influencers, and my show, other people's secrets on privacy and civil rights. Uh, we've even we've even posted it there as an influencer, but uh, you can hear from the PACs and the 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 like NRA and those kind of organizations. And then in the future, we're they're they're already working on it and they've about got it done. We're adding world leaders, and we're going to let all the world leaders and the ambassadors to the United Nations have a, a a voice on here, so that we can know what's going on around the world and stop relying on media to get our news. Sure. Get it directly from them. Now, I guess here's a big question that I know people are going to ask is if they're posting it themselves on there, is there some type of quote unquote fact checking or questioning on what they post on whether it's accurate or not? Um, just by the public. I mean, if, okay. if the public comes in and says, you know, this is this is inaccurate, then you can, like I said, you can post that in the town hall and they can't deny it that they posted it because they can't delete it but they can post a retraction or a correction or clarification. That would be interesting. I think, uh, not to mention any names here, but I think someone like Donald Trump may have a hard time. Well, I guess he didn't never, ever deleted any tweets, but he did retract some, I think, or at least uh, you know do things in a different fashion. So that, that would be an interesting way for them to, to post and comment on some of these issues. Right. And uh, so, you know, we're, we're excited about it because it's, it's, you know, it is them posting. And they can post post what they want to. The only two things we don't allow them to post is threats of violence, mm-hmm. uh, provoking any kind of violent act or endorsing any kind of a violent act, or things that would uh, be considered obscene, like uh, 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 photos of bloody scenes or something like that. Sure. Um, you know, just for example, a, a woman holding the severed head of the current president would be something we would ban. Would not be something that we allow on something like this. Yeah, I love it. We're talking with Todd McNutt. He is the founder CEO of Representing Me. You can find the website, representingme.com. Now, this is the website. Can you all, Do you also have an app that people can download on their phones? Yeah, actually, what we did is it's not an app at the App Store. Okay. If you go to the upper right corner of the app, you open it in a browser, and you go to the upper right corner, you can click on Get the App, and it will download the app, and it's a progressive web app. 
and that way we don't have to worry about Apple or uh, Google deciding that they don't like our politics or our presentation for it and shutting it off. That's a smart way to do it. I think a lot of people are going to start going that way, especially with uh, places like TikTok. If they're not going to allow those types of social media sites onto the app stores, that's the new way of doing things right there. Uh, I love it. Representingme.com, I'm scrolling through the website right now. It's fascinating. Now, here's the question. How local will you go? Will it just be national elected officials and then with like the governors? Or will you get down to eventually uh, doing state legislators or county commissioners or city council people or that sort of thing? The next phase, uh, we're already planning it, is we're going to add the president's cabinet. Then we're going to go back and add all 50 state uh, uh, governor's cabinets. And then we're going to start on the state house and senate and then work our way down. We eventually want to get all the way down to a local dog catcher. Any any elected official, even down to a city level, yeah. uh, city council, school boards, everything, Um we, we think that it's important that everybody has a voice on here. Amen to that. I think those are extremely important, especially with, uh, I mean, I, I represent here the flagship area in the Wichita, Kansas area, and our city council races are not affiliated. So people really have to do their due diligence to know what they actually stand for. Something like this would help, I think, immensely with people that say, all right, at least what are they working on? What do they want to stand for and what do they want to do? I think that's a great idea. Now, if you did something like that, uh, would you have an option for people to type in maybe their zip code or their city and things pop up? Or would they just go through the state by state and just find things that way? Actually, though, we'll do, we'll do it where you can put in your zip code and it'll pull up your like your city and city council. Uh, they will also be listed like where we've got it separated by state. You can go into you'll be able to go into like Oklahoma, and then look and click on cities, and then put either put in your zip code or scroll down to like Broken Arrow, Big Feet, Tulsa, whatever Oklahoma City, and yeah. click on it and go in that way. But if you just put in your zip code, but you will you will need to go to the state because doing it as a, a global thing, it's just the the programmers bug their eyes and look at me like, <laughs> are you nuts? I love it. It's a great concept. It's a great idea. Get the information directly from the elected official and do it in a way to where there's not the banter or the rhetoric going on one side or the other. It's representingme.com, representingme.com. You can also download it right on your phone, on your desktop, be able to see this stuff as well. Todd, great concept. I love the idea. we got to go to a break here, but we appreciate the time. Let's get you back on again soon and talk some more about it. Anytime. Thank you. Hey, absolutely. Appreciate that very much. Fascinating concept. We'll talk some more about that and get your thoughts on it when we come back here as well. Wrapping up the show, one more segment right around the corner for a pre-Friday celebration here on The Voice Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So I just saw during the break, I saw a headline from Breitbart on their Instagram. Ponder this one, if you will. Kamala Harris, vice president, has officially been named the new AI czar to save us from artificial intelligence. (laughs) Uh, Now, 
She did so well being the czar for the immigration policy, right? She was named that, what, like two years ago as the immigration czar, and we can see how well that's worked out for her. Has yet to go to the actual border, solve anything. In fact, it's so bad now that they have to send 1,500 military soldiers down to the border because the uh, uh, the infiltration at the border is so bad that they don't know what to do other than send actual, not National Guardsmen, the military, down there. But now Kamala Harris is named as the AI czar, artificial intelligence czar to save us from artificial intelligence. I don't know about you or not, but I have a bad feeling about this. Mine's a nightmare if anyone's wondering. (laughs) Welcome back into it. Todd McNutt, appreciate him coming on the program. Representing me is the website. Interesting concept. And the funny thing is I actually had a buddy just about a year ago say, Andy, I think this is an idea. We should start something like this. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but I don't have any resources to make that happen. And now, lo and behold, look at that. Representing me is up and running with uh, an elected officials going all the way down eventually to the local level where you can see what their platforms are and what they're saying with actual just policy on what they want to do with their agendas. Interesting concept indeed. All right, last couple of minutes before we wrap up here, there is an audio bit that I want to play for you and a new concept as well that I want you to think about. Would you jump on board with this concept or not now this is maybe going into the idea of you know having a constant bill as we talk about our debts and our personal budgets and trying to maintain put food on the family uh, food on the table for the family uh would you go along with this now a lot of people across the nation like to do leasing of vehicles we're talking about the auto industry here. We A lot of people just love to do the lease. They lease it until it expires, and they renew the lease with the newest, latest car, and they just accept the fact that they're always going to have a car payment. Good, bad, and different, that's up to you to decide based on your personal flavor and based on your personal budget on a monthly basis. But there's a new Chinese policy with China looking to infiltrate the U.S. auto market more than what they already have with the company of Volvo coming up with a new strategy to get people to buy new cars. Geely, the Chinese company that owns Volvo, has the U.S. in its sights with a whole new concept and brand, Link. Alain Visser is its CEO. Let's sell almost like a Netflix of the car industry, a monthly subscription. For a flat fee of about $600 a month, which covers maintenance and insurance, drivers can lease a Link car and back out anytime. And the Link app lets drivers share their vehicles when they're not using them for cash back. We have now some customers in Europe who actually gain more on sharing than they pay their monthly fees. It's a bold initiative, especially now given the frosty state of Chinese-American relations. All right, so that's the headline from CBS News and CBS News Radio. So a Chinese company wanting you to purchase your vehicle, not by purchasing it, but by signing up almost like a monthly subscription, like a Netflix subscription, where you subscribe to your vehicle on a monthly basis. And you can back out at any time. You can apparently get a new one at any time. And even when you're not driving it, you can then rent out your car to other individuals as well and make money on the side or even cover the cost of your monthly subscription to your vehicle as opposed to outright owning the vehicle. I don't know how to feel about something like this. Now, it almost sounds like a lease to me, but this covers maintenance and it covers uh, auto insurance as well. 
I'm curious on what would happen when the car gets back in a bad condition. If they subscribe and then they don't want to subscribe because they were in a car accident or because it got a scratch or because they don't want it anymore but the inside was trashed based on kids having melted crayons in the back seat and you trade it in, then what do they do with that car and how can they rent it out for the same amount? Interesting concept there. At the same time, if you're renting it out to other individuals, then would that cause some type of weirdness in the market to where they're renting it out for more than what it's worth, and then you have people just taking advantage? Or if someone steals the vehicle, how do you know who it's actually subscribed to? There's a lot of questions there. I don't know that I would want to go along with that concept, but it's interesting. If you just want to do a monthly subscription, and then I don't want a car this month. I just want to end my subscription to my car. <laughs> you know what? Weirder things have happened, and now we're going into a society where everything's a la carte and everything just on top of a base, and you just have to pay for all the special little bells and whistles and features for everything that you do anyways. This may be the future of the auto industry as well. Thinking outside the box, I guess I got to give them credit for something like that. But right now, we're just trying to figure out how to put food on the table because of the budget. Thanks, interest rate hikes. Thanks, inflation. And thanks, Biden administration. You're great. Podcast up a little bit. That does it for us today. Back at it tomorrow for a Friday. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is the voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.